Oh, I hate being disappointed, Steve. And I hate living in this floor body. And I hate living in Neverland. And I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan! Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Uh, we're in a new setup. New setup. Like in Studio Australia Street. Yeah. Don't give away your address, man. Oh, the Australia stair. Street, Australia. It sounds so made up, no one's going to believe it. Yeah. 555 <laughs> Fake Street. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want the stands coming out. Uh, hey, this is an interesting little movie. Yeah. Well, it was quite a big movie. What movie is it? It's Hook. Hey, there it is. We're talking about Hook. Hook. This one was like a it was a pretty significant movie, I thought, in my childhood. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would say out of, I was thinking today, out of all the kids' movies we've done, this is definitely the most significant for me. This but was kind of like this was big. Avatar was, yeah. Like in terms of launch, it felt like it at the, as a kid, like it yeah. was like a, such a hyped movie. Yeah, what and if it Peter was Peter Pan grew up. What? Well, but then that that whole thing for me was I don't think I even understood that that was a twist. Like this was the definitive version of Peter Pan to me. It's a good point. Like I didn't, I still couldn't tell you what, <laughs> what Peter Pan, what the actual Peter Pan story is, other than like. The basic elements. He like wears he, green. He wears. That was an important part. He does wear green. That's true. But I couldn't tell you what the Did story a, is. Yeah. Like, what's the storyline? Could I you tell know. me if he had a feather in his cap? Did he have a feather, a little feather hat? Something like that, hey. Why would mm. he have a feather in his hat? I don't know. Flying birds, feathers. Yeah, actually, that probably is it. Remember what year it was? 91. 91. That was a pretty decent year for films in general. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of biggies in that year. You know, you got Terminator 2, T2, Judgment Day. That's number one, baby. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Pity yep. the Beast? Is that a big movie? In the number box? three. Yeah. <sighs> Silence of the Lambs? More of a Not crit- in the top ten. But more yeah, of a critically like, acclaimed number. It's a big one. Boys in the Hood, which I'm itching to, uh, oh, to yeah, cover on this. Oh, yeah. We should do that soon. On this show. Thermal and Louise. Got some of the uh, City Slickers there. Bill and Ted's The Sequel. Yeah. Father of the Bride, one of my preferred rom-coms. That was number nine, by the way. Was it? Point Break. Where did Point Break stack up? Not in the top ten. Not in the top ten. That's a huge mistake. Was it that year? I don't even have it in my little list there. According to the Google, uh, number two must have been Hudson Hawk, (laughs) the great Bruce Willis. Actually, another green man in tights, number two. Uh, you the Prince of this. Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> that song was number one. We've probably said it before, but that song was number one. You know one what? For you a... said that last time we did 91 movie. What would it, it must have been um, Showdown Little Tokyo, maybe. Oh, maybe. The um, You said that, and I thought about it more, and I don't, again, I'm highly suggestible, so I could be wrong, but I do think I genuinely remember that because you waited when you would watch Rage or Video Hits. It was whatever, always number one. I can picture wait. the opening few seconds. Again. Again. But that's interesting that we had two uh, green, tighted. tighted men, grown men. Um, Double Impact, a little movie called Double Impact. Yeah. Came out this year. 
Yeah. That'll probably get covered at some point. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Maybe in about 17 episodes time or so. <whistles> Ooh-wee. This is a good year, man. Yeah. Bit of fun. Okay, so this movie came in at number six. What can you tell me about this movie? Well, it was made for a budget of $70 million. Seven, seven zero. Seven zero. And it grossed $300 million. 300.9. So let's, just, let's call it $301 million. That ain't bad. I told Carol today that it was a commercial failure. It was a critical failure. Which surprised... I mean, I guess I, it makes sense now. But as a, I'd never considered that until yep. really digging into this episode. That yeah. this would be considered a bad movie. Yeah, until I watched it. <laughs> now I, <laughs> wait, we're going to lose listeners if we say that right off the bat. <laughs> Are we? I'm making a few enemies out there, aren't I, Greg? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of my mates don't, like, don't like you. <laughs> hey, that's just like my opinion, man. You don't have to agree. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, the Forrest Gump thing, man, really ruffled. Yeah, but have they? I challenge them to rewatch it. And I didn't say it's not an enjoyable watch. I'm just it's saying cool. it's not the best right, look, picture of 1994. Let's just accept it. Yeah, 1994, not the best picture. Sorry, guys. This, on the other hand, <laughs> Hooky. Hey, Hooky. Well, we talked a little bit about it, but what was your... Like, what do you remember about watching this as a kid? It's a good question. I, so, I remember, obviously, it being a massive deal. Uh, I remember loving it. I loved yeah. this movie. I remember, like... Wanting to be one of like one of the lost boys, right? Like, that whole scenario played out at school. I mean, it was similar to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they had Robinson Crusoe type playground. That that was a pretty big deal. Um, so yeah, I think you probably played. You know, you probably tried to mimic it at school. I remember the food scene really well. I remember thinking how amazing that food looked. Like, that was I had that too. That was like one of the main things. Really? Yeah, big time. And but also. Well, we're going to have to rewatch, but yeah, I remember thinking, yeah, how great is that? How's, what food even is that? <laughs> is it just mashed potatoes? Like, I'd like mashed potatoes, but... I love mashed potatoes. What's with the colors? But why, <laughs> why, did, why did we find that? Yeah. It's basically... But again, if you haven't seen just the film imagination. Yeah, they're not actually eating anything. And yeah. it's just, when they do put the food out, like the when you start to visualize, like mm. they put it out so you can see what they're imagining. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's fluoro goop. Yeah, which I found appealing. Yeah. But is that because we were young and imaginative? Yeah, I don't know. know. And bright colors meant tasty? I don't know, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird, but great. Um, Yeah, like I said, this was my definitive Peter Pan. I didn't know any other Peter Pan, so I didn't really get that this was a spin on a classic. I just thought, oh, so this is Peter Pan. Yeah, right, so you're a big Pan man. Yeah, not a big Pan man. There was a kid at my school named Peter Pan. Stop it. Yeah, I didn't actually don't know who he was. I just remember his name being called out at assembly once. <laughs> there was a kid at my school called Peter Han. <laughs> he was a friend of mine. Okay. Shout out to Peter or oh, Peter Han. <laughs> if you pronounce it differently, it'd be Peter Han. <laughs> Almost. Um, but yeah, I think I watched this a lot. Like this was this was an important movie, hey? I had the um Thud Butt action figure. Thud butt. Thud butt was the character that pulls his legs up and rolls down the thing. The fat kid. He was my favorite. And I had the action figure. Yeah, an action figure? I had the action figure of him. I was seven years old. Yeah, I don't remember having any toys from this movie. I remember specifically. This, this, why, this is what I mean. This was a big deal. Like me and a mate of me, I think Jono again. He had the, we, had the action, <laughs> we had the action figures. Like um, 
and Thudbutt was like our guy. And you would the action figure you could fold his legs behind his head and roll him down. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I would have had Moira. <laughs> and you press a button and she goes to sleep. Is that the wife? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't do much. Yeah. She seems lovely. What's her name? I don't know. She's like quite the English rose, isn't she? I was thinking that. I would. I was. So I rewatched the beginning again today because I really wanted to try and understand the story. But we'll get into that. But um, I was like, I was like, oh, she's yeah, she's uh, she's a famous. She's lovely. Name. She's quite famous. Uh, actually, speaking of that though, that was one of my other things. I was like, upon before I rewatched, just reflecting on the movie, I never. I don't think I really understood the story. I just felt the vibe. I liked the vibe. Oh yeah! Like well, if someone asked me, like, what is the story? Other than broad strokes, I wouldn't be out of totally. Peter Pan, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and then of course Rufio was a big fucking deal. Was he? Yeah, was it not for you? I mean, he was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't remember. He's what I thought him. I don't remember him being Asian. Really? Yeah. So you're so not racist that you just when you were a kid. Yeah. Did it. <laughs> but now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, it was an important movie. More important than some of the others we've done, which is, I guess, going to reveal a bit of tension in the rewatch. But before we get into that, should I get a little into the background, the path they're getting made for this bad boy? I would like you to. Yeah, so um, like many men his age, I suppose, this this story of Peter Pan. Oh, you got something? Moira is from Cliffhanger. Whoa! <laughs> that's, a, that's crazy. Did she die? Or is she baddie? She's the baddie. Yeah, she's the baddie. Whoa. I could picture just a shot or something, one yeah, frame. Yeah, fucking John Lithgow blasts oh, her. When are we doing Cliffhanger? Oh, we talked about that recently. We added it to the list. Yeah, it's coming up in a few weeks probably. Crystal, do you know what the meaning of love is? Sacrifice. And then he blasts her in the back. He's got a great voice. I can't do it. He's got a great voice. I've got a shit. great voice. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. He sounds a bit like Shredder. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Kang. Kang. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that was a fair diversion. Sorry, pay that. My bad. All right, well let's let's get into the background. Spielberg, as it turns out, Spielberg. To, uh, he was a big fan of Peter Pan his whole life. It was a, sto- a bedtime story that his mother used to tell him. That's yeah. nice. And he, in fact, directed the school play version when he was oh, but eleven years old. So he wow. he always related to Peter Pan. Always felt like he had a bit of a Peter Pan syndrome going on. Um, so this movie was always going to happen one way or another. In the early 80s, he was already working on it and he was working with Disney to develop it, but very much in line with the traditional pan story. This was a traditional pan telling. Um, so he was, was a pan man. He was a pan man. And he was initially thinking maybe it could be a musical. Maybe it could be Michael Jackson. Yeah, I heard the Michael was thinking, I like Peter Pan. I never, I can't. I, never I mean, that would be so meta. <laughs> right? oh, wouldn't it? Peter Pan syndrome. Like, is there any other better def? Like, wow, that would have been something. Well, his estate is called the Neverland. Yeah, Neverland. Yeah, like, well, that would have just taken on a whole. Like, we'd have so much more to talk about on this yeah. episode if he was Peter Pan. So much more to avoid talking about. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's at the point now where it's not just weird and and interesting and funny. It's actually just yeah. And I think I can as a I think I can no longer defend him. Yeah, it's apparently. getting harder and harder. Um. Just on that, yeah, you know, controversy aside, maybe it would have been good because I feel like this music, this movie, dips its toe into being a musical the whole time, right? But doesn't it really, feels like it should be a musical? It feels yeah, like it should that's be a, a musical. Fair point. That's like, a good point. We'll probably get into it more, but you know, just the way it's 
like the the sets and the car the the overdone cast the overdone sets that's a great point Fuck, that's of, a really good point. Might have worked as a musical. I'm into that. And it started as potentially being a musical and then they canned it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's good. Well, anyway, eventually it, it did evolve to become the idea of what if Peter Pan grew up um, and MJ had to drop out. When he would get near those children. <laughs> but anyway. Um, you just had to beat it. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> yeah, so... The story evolved to become the whole what if Peter Pan grew up and funnily enough, that little idea came from a child. The son of the writer of the film, uh, the writer was uh, James V. Hartz. His son came up with that little plot twist Ah, there. Paid dividends having that kid. When he was five years old, we were all sitting around the dinner table. This is 1986. And um, we... Uh, ask each other questions and we play games to try to give dad an idea for his next script and jake turned to me and said did peter pan ever grow up and dad went no of course not and i go well what if peter pan grew up for me it's like smee says in the script lightning struck me brains for me it was a key that unlocked uh, a project an idea a story that i had been wrestling with for years that's kind of cool I like that it genuinely came from a child and it's like, Dad, what would happen? That's kind of nice. So they went into pre-production. It was all guns a-blazing. And then Spielberg dropped out. He had his first kid and was like, nah, which is very thematically tied to the film, right? He's like, I don't want to be absentee dad. I'm going to go be with my baby. And so it got postponed and then it just kind of of got shelved. Um, Then it went back into development with a different director guy named Nick Castle, who, strangely enough, was a co-writer on Escape from New York. He directed Dennis the Menace, Major Pain. Good. But get this, he played Jason in Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> the first one and the most recent one. That's what weird. What man. But he's like 78 years old, 71 years old. So he's been all over the place. So he took this thing, ran with it. Robin Williams signed on. Hoffman signed on. But then both these guys had massive creative issues with this director, and he got a little half a million dollar care package and was sent on his way. Yeah. And Spielboy got pulled back in. Half a million care package. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, isn't it? I'll do it. To not direct the movie, I'll take it. Um, I'll do it now. Well, yeah. I would not direct it now. Right now. I'm already not directing it. We're both not directed. It's a cool <laughs> meal. It's a cool meal. <laughs> uh, so Spielberg's back in. He always said that he just really loved this story or this version of this story because it reminded him of his relationship with his dad. Uh, it's interesting because this absentee dad thing or diffi- tension with the dad is a, is a common theme in Spielberg movies. E.T., I can't remember what it is in there, but then in The Last Crusade, right? With no, Sean I was going to try and think of a funny made-up one and I had nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, well, but uh, Indiana Jones, right? That's Indiana one. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Junior. Yeah. And then, um, well, but the cool thing was there's, all these dudes were about the same age, Hoffman, Williams, and uh, Spielberg. And so they all kind of related to it on the same level. Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody has that part of themselves where they just, they try and, you, you can do it by working to avoid dealing with something, you know? Sometimes you can immerse yourself and just be working so hard that you never have time to stop. And I mean, a, a little bit of it, my father was, he was always off working. So I would like to have seen him more, but he was 
couldn't help it. He was working. I would have traded the wonderful toys he brought back for just a, you know, a couple of days. The timing is usually really, really off because the kids are, 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 need you desperately when you need to succeed desperately. I think all three of us were autobiographical in that sense uh, in, with the Peter Banning character, with the Robin Williams character. You can't be in this kind of work and not find that you're sacrificing a, a regular life. You know, and we, we all have a lot of fun and responsibility at home and we're all trying to find that midway point between fun and responsibility. So, so far, so good, right? That all sounds like, okay, we've got a cool movie happening yeah. here. The, the magic of being a child and the danger of losing that magic as you get old. Pretty and banging cast. Yeah, banging cast, three creative forces that are all on that same page. But we'll get into that. Why don't we play the trailer and then... Um, Why don't we play the trailer? Yeah, play the trailer. Save your children. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. It turns out the, tra- the trailer is quite visual and not very audio Zero sh- In a time, in a place this summer, one man and one fairy will remind us that being a dad means remembering who you are. So, so what did you think? What did you think? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tread carefully here because I don't want to shit all over member berries and in saying that i i still did like it it's just really long it's really it's, long it's really long and all the real world stuff like the grown-up stuff was like fuck <laughs> it's a slog man yeah it was like um like 40 minutes or something of that before you even get in yeah i get why you need that setup but it doesn't need to be 40 minutes man and um, I still found the story hard to follow because I was like, wait, so in this universe, Peter Pan is a story. Who wrote that? Did Wendy write that story? Cause they're, yeah, because they're acting it. It's a story. Yeah. It opens as a play. Yeah. And so I get that if it happened, then someone probably heard. I get that you could you could make that connection, but they don't. like, Or do they and I missed it? Like, Did, it, did Wendy write that book or something? Maybe. Not clear. Yeah. Not clear. 
Um, I totally forgot bangerang was a thing. Yeah, I didn't even. And I, I never ran around saying a bangerang, but they say it a lot. Like it's there. This is a, a lot. Yeah, it's a thing. It didn't become a thing. Wasn't there a night at one of the clubs in the city called Bangarang? Uh, probably, yeah, probably. And it's, it's one of those things. I feel like I've totally missed out on this reference that Old everyone's time. been saying. I'm me glad too. You said, I'm glad you said you didn't remember it because I didn't. It didn't stick for me. It didn't yeah? It didn't stick for me. We either. didn't like run around as kids saying Bangarang after this movie. Yeah, but I think other people did. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Um, it is ultimately a kids' movie. I think that's important to keep in context. I think as we as we start to critique this a little heavier, it's a kids' movie. That's a good point. I think also I love Robin Williams. Obviously, we've done Aladdin recently, and we sung his praises. But I felt like in all the serious parts of this movie, it just felt like he's just oh, he can be serious. But, think, he, but that's the thing; he can be serious. I but think, in this, I just felt like I'm waiting for him. I don't know. I think the script wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, it's probably fair too. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just probably I'm just defending him. No, but I, I agree. But I'm just like because especially when I was rewatching the beginning of it today, I'm like, this feels like what it, just a very boring caricature of like a boring bad dad. Yeah, and like the well, that's not him then, but it's the script. But the but tomorrow is my big game. Like I'm pretty sure that must have been a cliche by this point, right? That they didn't they didn't invent that. Like, big, that's so the big game. The big game. Isn't the big game. But it's the big game. He didn't. I would say one of the big cliches ever is missing the school recital, which he didn't miss. Which he didn't miss because it was about him. <laughs> but he didn't know that <laughs> he was on his phone the whole time. Yeah, and actually, yeah. having a mobile phone in ninety one. Mobile phone. What a baller! I didn't know they existed in ninety one. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you had one in ninety one, you were allowed to talk. Thousand dollars a minute. Yeah, if you had one, everyone would have been like, "Whoa, Whoa you can talk." Where's the cord though? Yeah, what's it plugged into? What is this magic? That's almost like being Peter Pan. An untethered phone is like an untethered boy flying, perhaps. Is that what it was, the statement he was trying to make? <laughs> uh, there is something there. Yeah, something there. A little green phone. That would have been nice. Um, I also that. forgot how silly it looks seeing a grown man dressed as Peter Pan, <laughs> which I didn't think of as a child. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing a fat suit in the beginning. Did you notice that? That was kind of subtle. Like a chubby suit. He wasn't obviously not a fat suit. Did it wasn't not. like the, the clumps, but it was. Um, he had something, so he lost weight in three days. I want to know what program he was on. That was Tell impressive. what else he lost. What his rug? Yeah, I didn't miss that. He waxed his whole body. Man, he's like because that would have looked weirder. I guess that he is the hairiest man. Yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah, Robert Williams. Yeah, he's got his knuckles his... are hairier than my chest. He's got a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's crazy hairy. Uh, and in this movie, he's like... Yeah. Smooth. <laughs> smooth. <laughs> and then, and then th- 12 days later, he was just him, covered in ingrowns. Oh, <laughs> Full body ingrowns. Okay, but you know what I did like about it? I still like the theme of the movie. And we'll go deeper into this. this so I'll just cover it quickly now as an intro point. But I still like the, the concept of... Kids uh, have full of imagination, and it's, you've got to make sure you hold on to that as you grow up, and all that's so lovely. So I do like that, and it reminded me a little bit of one of my favorite uh, South Park episodes. Do you remember this bad boy? Go. Imagination, imagination, imagination. 
imagination, 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 imagination. Imagination, imagination, imagination. Ima- that song goes on for some time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, an episode, well, it's like a triple episode of South Park that's all about imagination land, but it covers a lot of the same territories. That's that's uh, not a bad little episode there. You want to go to the bathroom? I need to. <laughs> Those are my initial thoughts. What did you think, Gregory? Uh, yes, I think we are fairly aligned um, on the rewatch feelings. Yeah. So it was, I'd say it was a little bit painful generally. I, it took me. It's like, just really long. It's, it took me three three goes because it was so long. The middle um, section's fine, right? I mean, as far as kids' movies go. Yeah, like I, it, it was nostalgic to watch it. Yeah. I remember it. Rem- I did remember how much I loved this movie. Like, it was pretty magical. There's just heaps of stuff around it but, that yeah, wasn't, didn't I, need to be there. And I didn't realise it wasn't a great movie. Yeah. Critically. Not even just rewatching it, but even, yeah, just reading the like if, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Stuff, I was if like, I oh, guessed, this I is thought, not oh, a... It would have been like an 80 or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just watching it with that old eyes. I, I, get, I get the flaws. Um, but, like, if you're a big Pan fan... Maybe you'd love – you would have got the plot. I just found it. Do you reckon Peter Han liked it? Peter Han, Peter Pan. Yeah, he would. Oh, Peter Han? Peter Han may not have been a Pan man. <laughs> but, yeah, the rewatch, I think the lens that Spielberg and co were talking about, like so the dad lens was interesting. So watching it, at, yeah, you know, now with kids and stuff, it was kind of cool. And yeah. I think I was ready – I don't have kids yet, but I was ready to be like, okay, get ready to see this in a whole new light, Tristan. Yeah. But it didn't – I get that they were trying to do that, but anything, especially the stuff in the beginning, it was so ham-fisted, like, yeah, the big game and, like, yeah, the the cell phone, like, it's, it's all just... Ugh. So, just a bit too forced? That that stuff. And, again, the middle... Was that? But not just that stuff. <laughs> There's lots of it. Dustin yeah. Hoffman. No, I, I, who's my favourite? Oh, really? I found him a bit much. Oh, yeah, but that's... in. If I think that's... I want more of that. Like, just lean into it. Yeah, well, start singing, man. I hate Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> you just like him because you got his accent. No, I just I I feel. I mean, I was going to get to this later, but he. I feel like I've just realized how little I've appreciated him in general. He's doing stuff in this movie, man. He's like a cartoon, like especially in a Robin Williams movie. Like he's the he's the one that's going. Oh, yeah, over, okay. You know what I mean? Like he's the Robin Williams in the Robin Williams movie. Okay, here's my spin. Here's a little. as another one I was going to save, but I just thought of it, so I'll say it now. Here's my. This is how I would have preferred it was made. Is Robin Williams plays both Peter Pan and Hook, Ooh. right? Because then it's more symbolic, right? And then right. maybe maybe make it a little bit more ambiguous as to whether this actually happened or not. You know, not not like oh, I woke up and it was all a dream. Wait, what's this? Not, not, not that kind of thing. <laughs> but then how did I get in this green suit? Why like, is me the fucking street sweeper there? Like, what, what is this? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that kind of weird. It's like, they, were they doing that? They used the cliche as if they were doing that yeah, waking up but, in a dream thing. But it was real. What Greg's referring to there is one of the pirates was a street sweeper at the end of the movie in the real world. But they didn't imply it was a dream, so that's not like a thing. 
Yeah. Or did they imply it was a stream? Did I miss that? No, well, just that part. Yeah. So that would have been kind of cool to have him play both Peter because they're in so much makeup for Hook. You could have done it. And it's Robin Williams. He could have totally just been a completely different character. Anyway, also make it 90 minutes. But anyway, um, Julia Roberts, on the other hand. I just undiscovered her. (laughs) Yeah. Should I I only use a new soundboard on this one? Julia Roberts, on the other hand. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fail. Julia Roberts, so yeah, um, I've, you know, my understanding from reading things mm. was that she had just come off a harsh breakup. Ah, because she had major, her and uh, Spielberg were clashing hard. Yeah, everyone was clashing hard with her. They called it Tinker Hell. Tinker Hell, yeah, they're very clever, these Hollywood yeah, types. Yeah, yeah, they're creative. She, yeah, apparently she was pretty hardcore on set. Yeah. And she. I mean, look, her in the role, she doesn't feel like she wants to be there. Hey, like. Yeah, and also I th- I'm pretty sure they actually shot most of her things separate. So it was just, And it felt like that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It's just like, let's it's, cut to some other set where there's a, a woman smiling. Like, yeah. It just felt weird every time, jarring. Yeah. And then when she, there's this weird tension, like she wants to bang Peter Pan. Yeah, so look on that. There's a few people who want to bang him. Yeah, look, maybe it's the beer talking, but is Peter Pan Peter Pan <laughs> <laughs> Is Peter Pan just a pants man? Right? Cuz like, Wendy she Wendy's thirsty she for She leaned it. in. They, they, they were, there was there was a point like yeah. 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 She wanted it. And yeah. she's pretty old. And she he well, had a massive crush on her and then he's like, Yeah, your granddaughter is pretty cute. Yeah. It's weird. She's heaps younger than you. Yeah. And she's like you, so I'm gonna go with a younger model. Oh. So there's those girls. There's obviously, you know, probably was there a lady in between, like a mother of Moira? She probably was down. That's a good point. On the Tinkerbell thing, when she becomes big Yeah, briefly, she said I had one wish. It was to kiss you or whatever. Yeah, why? Why? Where did that come from? Why was that necessary to the plot? Yeah, and even if that... I don't know if that's a Peter Pan thing thing or not. I felt really bad for her at that point. Yeah. And then... It's weird. And then the mermaids. The mermaids, yeah. So there's all this weird stuff. He randomly makes out with a bunch of mermaids. He's kissing them. They're not giving him air to get back up. They're making out. Yeah. Why? And then Rufio. (laughs) Wait, what? He didn't kiss him. <laughs> He's got a midriff. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I was a bit confused about Pan's a Pan's man. Yeah, well, yeah. It sounds like this it sounds like us just being like, Yeah, they all just want to bang each other. Like No, but it really it really like rewatch it, it's weird. It's weird. There's all these weird scenes like that. He's kissing mermaids, he kisses Tinkerbell, he nearly kisses Grandma Wendy. Like that's hardcore. She's an old lady. It's your mother-in-law too. That's weird. Your mother, your grandmother-in-law. Is it? Oh, yeah, grandmother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, where the hell's the mother-in-law? That's what I mean. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Because <laughs> they nearly kiss and he's like, grandma? Like it was weird. Yeah, it's not the kid's grandma. It's her, it's Moira's grandma. Yeah, but it's also kind of his because. It's when, basically his mother. She raises him. Yeah, point, so it's she? weird, man. It's weird. Anyway, besides us just saying it's weird for another 30 minutes, I did have a couple other points here. <laughs> um, it's equally weird. But what I, what I do look about, like about this movie's concept, because I found myself falling into this trap, it's a little bit like, you know how Total Recall, right? 
you can't not like that movie because if you go, like if uh, if you like it because you think it's all oh, great sci-fi or whatever, you're good. Yeah. But if you hate it because you're like, that's a shitty action movie, you can go, well, actually, that's the point. Therefore, it's great sci-fi. Therefore, you like it. This movie is similar where it's like, if you don't like it, maybe you're just a boring grown-up. And so it like oh. it tricks you into wanting to like it. It's like, well, that would never happen. Oh, wait, that's something a boring grown-up would say. You know what I mean? I kept finding myself as I was watching it going, oh, well, that's just silly. Oh, no, that's uh, you sound like a boring grown-up. I've just made a child. Have some imagination. Imagination. So I, I like that as a concept and I like that as a theme, as I said before. But, but I was thinking, um, did you ever read The Little Prince? Many times. Yeah. I think that does it better. And also the Little Prince movie. Did you see that? It's on Netflix. Oh, I haven't. I think I started it, but I haven't. It's interesting because it actually um, has, because the book, it doesn't really have like a beginning, middle and end. It's just kind of almost, I saw a prince and he told me this, like it's just kind of random bits and pieces. In the movie, they invented a bit like this. There's an outside world on either end of it a little bit. And in the third act, Little Prince grows up and he's doing a mundane job and he's forgotten all this shit. And this is a post-Hook world, so maybe they got inspired by Hook, but it executes it so much <clears throat> tighter, just tighter. And it's just the third act, that part. And so all the parts in the beginning leading up to that are just so magical and it's like working on both levels of like if you're a kid, you love it. If you're an adult, you're like having a bit of a reawakening kind of vibe. Yeah. And I think that's where this movie ultimately falls down is that, again, if you look at it, this as a kid's movie, it's fine, right? I enjoyed it as a kid, nothing wrong with that. And I enjoyed the nostalgia of rewatching it. It's fucking long, but it's fine. If I listened to The Wiggles as a kid and I listened to it now, I probably wouldn't want to listen to it over and over again. Oh, but, well, <laughs> but you get what I mean? So I'm going to probably get this wrong. <laughs> but at uni, they're talking about this concept called double coding, a thing in postmodernism, which this film very much is a postmodern spin on Peter Pan, right? Um, it's it's the reason Please, why. Can we use Pomo? Pomo, <laughs> it's a it's a Pomo uh, text. I think this is the thing that ruins the rewatch as an adult. Is there's nothing in there for us. Nice. Yeah, like there is thematically, but they don't execute it on that level yeah, properly. That's so good. you know how when you it's real good, you know when you rewatch The Simpsons and you're like, oh, I'd never noticed that joke yeah. before, or you watch Seinfeld and you're like, oh, that was what the bet was about. Like, but well, you didn't lose anything when you watched it as a kid either. So it's just operating on well, two levels major- that works for two different. Hundred percent. Yeah. The majority of kids' movies now, like Toy Story, they catered to it. Toy Story, I think, was the probably one of the first. The yeah. first where you they're like, all right, let's make a movie that kids want to watch. But the parents will sit happily sit there through and yeah. get things that kids aren't getting, and they're like, "Oh, oh this that was for me." Yeah, so that's exactly what double coding is. It's they're like all it, like that now. It has a general appeal to the masses, but also has another meaning to us yeah. to a tighter group, yeah. which in that case would be parents. Yeah, and so Simpsons has it, and I remember that was the example they used in uni when they're trying to explain it. So you know when you watch the Simpsons, blah blah. blah. And I think an awesome example of that within the Simpsons is: Do you ever think about? In, it feels like in the earlier seasons, Bart was the main character and then it became all about Homer. But then I realized it was probably just me getting older <laughs> and relating more to Homer. 
So, like, depending on your age, maybe The Simpsons is a show about a dad or it's a show about a kid. Like, who the fuck knows? But that's, like, double-coding extreme, right? And to your point, most good kids' movies now do that. Uh, and this one... It's almost like a prerequisite. And it's, but it's crazy because this one could have done it. It had the perfect theme for it. Like, this is, like, an inside-out, like, a, that kind of... Yeah. Little Prince, like this is that jam. It could like have I done definitely it. watched a guy, oh yeah, look, there's a nice story, there's a nice mes- message in there. Yeah, and I was excited to experience that message. I was like, okay, I'm into this. And it just kept going and going and it wasn't really doing it. it. It had the opportunity to do this and it just didn't quite get there. So again, I have no issue with the kid stuff in this movie. I enjoyed that and I still enjoyed the trip down memory lane, watching the food fight and all that stuff. Like, that's all still great. But... um. The opportunity to tap into the the parent mindset, totally missed, totally missed. Yeah, and I guess we just expected to deliver These the days, other. And maybe that was a sign of the times. Maybe they just didn't bother with that added layer there. But then again, it's 91. Simpsons was 89. But I guess it's relatively... No, they should have nailed it. Like, they should have nailed and it. And the expectation with the cast... Because that theme, the, the theme. <laughs> the theme. That's the idea of the movie. The theme. It yeah. should work. The irony of this whole thing is that Spielberg acknowledges this as his worst movie. Does he? Which I don't even know if that's true. But then what he says about this movie... Where did you see that? Um, everywhere. Yeah. In the internet. In the internet. No, he, that's why it's hard to find a lot of um, background on this movie because he doesn't talk about it. And I um, Yeah, I wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. my... No, but no, it I mean, has its he, role. He, it's a good kid's movie. No, but I mean if... Sorry. Out of everything. If, if you felt that this was his worst. Oh, like if, he, if he felt like. I don't yeah, like yeah. talking about my worst project. No, of course, ever. of course. Yeah, but, that's all. but the weird part is when he does talk about why it's not his favorite movie or it's his least favorite movie, it is exactly the opposite of everything I just said. So he reckons he nailed the adult parts and he screwed up Neverland. Excuse me. Exactly. So thank you. Greg's put, tried out the new tech there. But it's backwards. So he says, there are parts of Hook I love. I'm really proud of my work right up through... Peter being hauled right off. up through the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's <laughs> basically right up to Peter being hauled off to Neverland. I'm a little less proud of Neverland sequences because I'm uncomfortable with that highly stylized world that today, of course, I would probably have done with live action character work inside a completely digital set. But we d- we didn't have the technology to do it then, and my imagination only went as far as building physical sets and trying to paint trees blue and red. So, no, man, the solution isn't CGI. That's basically what he's saying is like, oh, you know that really great set we built? That was the worst part. No, that's the best part. That world was sick. We probably didn't mention that enough yet. Like the set was epic, man. And actually it was the same soundstage and everything as um, Wizard of Oz, which is kind of meta and cool. But um, he's got it completely backwards, right? Am I crazy? No. That's backwards. You watching Hook? Book, yeah, sorry. I've got my TV here. Because so we're in the good bit right now. So we've got Hook playing on in the background right now. It's a new thing we're doing. So, yes, the sets are awesome. But I don't know. I think. But it's 91. Can you remember? The sets are awesome. Yeah. It nails the kids' part because, sorry, from a, from a viewer perspective, because if you're a kid, like, that's, this, that's your, as you say, that's what kind of made the magic. Like, yeah. tree houses and all these. Yeah. Like, have you seen Ready Player One? I haven't. That's him building his digital worlds and it's I don't want to see they're dog shit. Yeah, we know how That's not not friends of the show that we're we're live action people. Yeah. Well CGI has a role, but man, it's not the solution to like, this is beautiful. We're live action people. <laughs> we are, we're live action people. Right down to Mufasa's cock. <laughs> oh wait. Or not. 
Wait, well, I can't remember. What's I our stance remember. on that? I can't if, remember. No, my stance on that is if you're photorealistic, you've got to include the some balls. <laughs> Maybe the lipstick. Skip the clips. <laughs> no, balls, no lipstick, perhaps. <laughs> but yeah, so he's got this shit backwards. Oh, so here's another quote here. Just to really emphasize here, this wasn't a one-off slip-up where he said the wrong thing. He said, I felt like a fish out of water making hook. I didn't have confidence in the script. I had confidence in the first act and confidence in the epilogue. I didn't have confidence in the body of it. The body of it's the good part. <laughs> Am I crazy? You, you agree, right? I'm not just forcing you to agree. Do you agree? Um, I hadn't thought about it, but I, yeah. In terms maybe. of the fun parts, like the parts you remember, you look fondly back on. Yeah. No one's out there going, you know what? The first and last act of Hook was really something. Just cut, get rid of the middle bit. The magic, yeah, magic's in the middle. Yeah. yeah Neverland is sure. the magic part. It's great. Yeah, that's true. So we talk a little bit about Rufio. Sure. Can we call him Midrufio? <laughs> He's wearing a midriff. So it's quite a weird thing because... So I guess maybe that's what Spielberg's saying. There's some executions in the Neverland world he's not too proud of. No, but I still... I think he's one of the best bits. The midriff? Well, no. Rufio. I feel really sorry for Rufio. Yeah. Okay. Justice for Rufio. I was a bit, I was a bit heartbroken. Justice for Rufio, man. A... Hook barely killed anyone except for the people on his own side. As yeah. it turned out. But um like his the sword fighting in this is really that sword fighting where they're just banging each other's swords. It's no terrible. one's no one's trying to hurt each other. They're just going clink, 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 clink. And he kills him without hesitation. And everyone's like, oh no. Anyway, uh, you know, they weren't really sad yeah. about it at all. And it's like this poor kid. He's been covering while Peter Pan's been, been gone. He's been covering Peter Pan the whole time. Peter Pan comes back. Yeah. And just like And he was pretty good about it to be fair he once was he realized good. Yeah. people were dickheads to him. Yeah. He, Peter Pan was a dickhead to him. Yeah. And then like he called him a snot face or something. What oh, was that? <laughs> rude crude dude food. Good word should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, man. And then he sort of watches from the sideline like mm, it was kinda mine. Well, yeah, oh. and he dies, and then he dies. Unnecessary he, he dies, death. And they just get on with Stephen. Like, they should be really sad. Like that should be more of a tragic ending. Like that should be the he ending. Was their leader. The ending should be that he died, and that's fucked. But it's not. It's just something that happens. It's a plot point to keep things moving. It should be like, oh fuck, that should be the final thing that gets Peter to be. I don't know. Learn something. Like there's just no significance to it. Especially since Peter goes back, you know, like there could have been Rufio's like stepping back in, like yeah, weird. he didn't need to die. He didn't need to die. Not happy. But in saying that, having Rufio in the movie, two things. I, I I'm not going to say I love it, hate it. I do ultimately love it, but it's just kind of weird. It has a bit of a a Roy vibe to it, you know, Roy on The Simpsons. Oh, hey, it's Roy. just like they've just <laughs> wait, wait. when when TV shows just introduce a random character to like appeal to younger viewers. It's like, oh, so imagine Peter Pan, but he's a bit more urban like and cool with crazy hair. What was the actual, what was the original Simpsons one? Roy. Before Roy? Oh, Pat Poochie. Poochie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, so on that level, it's kind of weird, it's kind of cliche to have in there. But on the other level, having a cool Asian kid was pretty rare those days. Yeah, well. Yeah, that was a big deal. I had, I had a lot of Asian friends growing up and uh, a friend of the show, Johnny, that was like his thing. It was his nickname, Rufio. And when we were when we were young bandits at the age Is he of Asian? It was half, yeah. 
He looked more Asian when he was younger. Now he's, he looks like Islander or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's half half Vietnamese, half Romanian. Shout out to Johnny. Hey, Johnny. How you hey, doing? Hey, Johnny. Um, the, I was speaking to him today because I was like, oh, as, as my token Asian friend, can you tell me a little bit about why he resonated with you so much? And part of it was the Asian thing. But to be fair, I loved Rufio too. So it's he not just like, that he's Asian. He cool he's, he's cool. He's cool. But he was like, yeah, it's the only Asian character in movies that wasn't a nerd. Like, it's a pretty big deal. Imagine, because we take it for granted being whiteies, but imagine like the only character that looked like you in any movie was a fucking nerd. That's right. We talked about this with, um, we talked about it in Showdown. Yeah. When um, Kerry DeGauer. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and he did that piece on why do you take, like why are you the bad guy? And he's like, well, if I wasn't the bad guy, I'm going to play either a like a submissive. I want to show that Asian men have balls. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing. Fucking like, legend. Respect. Carrie Thigau, yeah, friend, of, friend the of the show, massive friend of the show. Let's get him on here. One day. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of little items here I want to address. Should we talk about uh, Maggie Smith's makeup, old people makeup? How old was she when they made this movie? Yeah, I, I was like, geez, she must be really old. I'm like, but she's doing these other roles. She's obviously in Harry Potter. And then I, I looked on the on the on the interweb, and she's 84 now. I'm like, fucking, this movie was made 28 years ago. Yeah, she's yeah. 56 when she played that role. Yeah, and the only th- thing that makes sense is when he does when they do a flashback, and she's younger than she is now, but still old. And she's like, I got old. Yeah, I think that was her being her normal age. Yeah, but. That's a. I guess you couldn't do CGI and make them look younger then, so you had to age up so you could age down. But it's one scene. Like it's they, one scene, and it's in the dark. Why don't you just get Gwyneth Paltrow again and put some makeup on her to look older? Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot she was in that. Yeah, yeah, so did I. <laughs> that, I was that was her first, first role. role. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's um she's Spielberg's goddaughter. Yeah, I don't mind Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I did think. Tell her, Mister Ripley. Ripley. That's a great movie. That's a great. That is a great movie. Yeah. Jude Literally. Law. That's peak. That's that peak Jude. Can we? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think it's 99 or 98. Yeah, that's a good one. But also, you know what else as I think about it? You know what I do like about it in a in an era of film where everything is overly rationalized and justified like we learn why Superman has an S on his chest. Like everything is overly explained. I do like that Neverland just exists and it just is. I I miss those kinds of things. Just don't explain it. Let it ride. Yeah, it's just it just is what it is. Um, what else? Anyone else in the cast? The little girl was good. Oh, you know, it was a fun- oh, she was great. She yeah, was good, she was wasn't she? And actually, the little boy too. I didn't notice it until I watched the beginning again. You know, today. he's a lawyer now. Uh, he looks like one, doesn't he? He looks like he needs to. You know how there's some people they look like they should wear glasses. He looks like he should wear. Glasses. He looks like a kid that's grown up. <laughs> I don't know how, don't know how to articulate <laughs> no, the, that better. As a grown up, yeah, he yeah, still yeah, looks yeah. like a kid. Yeah, yeah, of. yeah. But he looks like he should wear glasses. He's definitely wearing contacts. He's. He was in um, Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He's the nerd that wants to get revenge on everyone. Oh, shit. Oh, can we do that soon? We had that tentatively in there soon and then we I just love to got blasted that. out. We're working on the next 10 movies, by the way. So if you've got suggestions, put them in. We're, we We've try got, and... Our suggestions are full. Are they? We can't take any more. Well, but good ones. Oh, oh, just kidding, just kidding. There's Edit. lots of good ones in there. No, there's good ones in there. There's heaps of good ones. But in I just, there. I just want more suggestions until the one I want comes up. Um, all right, should we? Should we? What's the final verdict on this one for you? Because we've, we've 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 gone back and forth a little bit. Yeah, I say. I think I, it's in a unique category. 
it was a magical movie when I was a kid, and it probably hasn't really translated into adulthood. Yeah. Uh, whereas there's some movies where you're like, yeah, it turns out that was shit and don't ever watch it again. I yeah, still think not, there's there's still magic in this. Movie. I don't think it's a shit movie. There's yeah. still magic there. And it's almost like, don't worry about the storyline. That's what I started getting to. I was just like, don't try and figure out the storyline. Just sit there and experience it and let it, just the imagery and it's yeah. nice. And don't, yeah, pretend it's a musical. Hey, just quickly, I just I forgot to mention this. Hook has a, mis- a little apparatus that he smokes from and it allows him to smoke two cigars oh. at one go. So as you can imagine, a little fork. It's two cigars plugging into a little Why don't I remember that? silver Did I miss pipe that? that has one. So he smokes double Gosh. cigar. What a badass. Yeah. I really liked him after so he's that. He's got a husky voice. Oh, Ara was like, oh, his fake nose is pretty hardcore. I was like, no, that's his nose. <laughs> no, she didn't. She's like, no, it's a fake nose. I'm like, no, that's Dustin Hoffman's <laughs> nose. Okay. So uh, my MVP is actually Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, I don't know who mine is. Maybe the little girl. I quite like the little yeah, girl. Yeah, she was good. But Dustin Hoffman wins. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. You probably rationalized yours. No, nah, but you didn't like him. That's okay. It's not for everyone. But I, I just enjoyed it. I would say, though, like, I reckon there's so much fat in this movie. Like, I would like to see someone that knows how to do this edit this down to 90 minutes. I think if you cut it down to 90 minutes, because yeah. it's two and a half hours, right? Yeah. There's an hour of fat in there for sure. You oh, can cut this sure. down into 90 minutes and make it fucking good, fucking tight. Maybe the internet already has. Maybe they have. Oh, Smee. I liked Smee as well from performance-wise. Who's that? He's his little hook sidekick. Oh, we're going to talk about Bob Hoskins. Yeah. 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 We'll do a bunch of his though. We'll do Roger Rabbit. We'll do Mario Brothers probably at some point. Yeah. Well, he's in something. Uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's but he's great. He's got one of those beards that goes all the way up to his eyes. Yeah. Just got hairy, yeah, that's a shave from his eyelids down. Like, yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Great little glasses. He was good in this. He was good. He was good. Hey, Glenn Close with Glenn, a cameo. Yeah, I they put it. In the I watched box. it. And I like she. I was like she. I like. I go. That person looks strange. That was one of those ones I found a few years ago on a BuzzFeed list or something. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, they put it in the hot box. That's pretty hardcore. And uh, there was another one. Phil Collins was in there. Yeah, where's Phil Collins in this? He's um in the in the adult world. He's the cop when the kids go missing. Yeah, can't remember it. George Lucas was apparently in this too with Carrie Fisher, and they were making out and got. Pixie dust sprinkled on them. Oh, they're the ones in the real world on the Is that what it was? Yeah. I couldn't remember I couldn't remember the scene. Yeah, okay. It was in there the real go. world. I can't find what I was looking for. That's all right. I think we're about done here. Hey We're done here. What's coming up? Um other movies are coming up. So I think next episode is gonna be Go. Yeah. And I think what else is coming Got up? Got some Bueller. 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 That'll be a popular one. Yeah. All right, well, that's it. We'll see you next week. Um, do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know. Hit us up on socials. Yeah, keep uh, hitting us up on the socials. On the Instagrams, on the Gmail, doubleimpactpodcast at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, Double Impact Podcast, or, and Instagram, Double Impact Podcast. Stay engaged. You'll find us. Um, we also do post quite a bit of content on Instagram these days. It's more around the behind the scenes of these movies. So um, good place to find us. Good place to enrich your Double Impact experience. Bye.